Sermon 15 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Then are you no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household folk of God, builded upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, whereof Jesus Christ himself is the head cornerstone, in whom the whole building being knit together groweth into a holy temple to the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a dwelling place of God in spirit. We have seen already how the Holy Ghost, by the mouth of St. Paul, setteth us out a looking-glass wherein to behold the infinite goodness of God, in pulling us back from the dungeons of death, to make us his children and heirs of the heavenly life. For this cause, it is said that when we be received into the church, it is all one as if we were made citizens, not of some earthly city, but even of heaven, to be companions with all the patriarchs and faithful servants of God, yea, and with all the angels of paradise. And because the church is called not only God's city, but also his house, therefore Paul addeth that we be his household folk, thereby to enhance the grace and favour that God hath uttered towards us. For to be gathered into God's house, and to have him near unto us, and to have familiar access continually unto him, is much more for us than if we were but generally of some city of his. We see then that because men do never sufficiently esteem the spiritual good that we receive by our Lord Jesus Christ, St. Paul meant to show here how it is good reason that we should make more account of the adoption whereby God hath so gathered us together by means of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we may now be familiarly conversant with him by hope than by all the whole world. And he addeth another similitude, which is, that we be builded to be the temple of God. Sometimes the Holy Scripture saith that every faithful man is the temple of God, because he dwelleth in us by his Holy Spirit. But when it is spoken universally of the whole church, then are we as lively stones, and the building is so bound and closed together, that every of us serveth to the perfecting thereof. Then is not the one contrary to the other. For every faithful body alone is the temple of God, because he ought to be given to all holiness by the working of the Holy Ghost, and as I said afore, God abideth in us. Howbeit, forasmuch as we ought not to be separated asunder, but rather to be knit together in unity by the bond of faith, it agreeeth very well also that we should be named stones, and that like as a building is made of many stones, whereof there is none but it serveth to some purpose, so we should suffer ourselves to be joined to our Lord Jesus Christ by belief of the gospel, that God may dwell in us and be there purely worshipped, and we be fully assured that whensoever we call upon him, we shall always find him at hand to hear us, and that when we be gathered together in his name, we shall evermore have him among us. That is the thing which St. Paul treateth of here when he saith that they which had been heathen men and cut off from all hope of salvation were builded up by the gospel to be made a temple for God. Now we see better than afore how God will take us for his household, that is to wit, if we be taught purely by the doctrine of the gospel, that God avoweth us for his temples, that he is contented to be worshipped of us, and that he taketh our service in good worth. Therefore, until such time as we have the doctrine of the gospel to give us entrance to that excellent benefit, which is utterly unestimable, we cannot be called neither citizens of heaven, nor children of God, nor belongers to his household. And it is added, as well to make us perceive what reverence the gospel deserveth, as also to show us that we need not to make far journeys to seek it, 
for God offereth us the prerogative of entering into his house, the door is set open for us, at leastwise if we receive the promises that he maketh. We need not to go about heaven nor earth, God telleth us and assureth us that he hath adopted us to the intent we should lean all wholly unto him. And so ye see how we may be familiar with him, and he be joined unto us. But therewithal he showeth also where we should seek for his word. For faithless men are so spiteful, that they seek all manner of crinks to shift themselves from God. And surely we see that many make as though they were willing to serve God, so it might be apparent to them, that it is he which speaketh. But therewithal they doubt whether the law came of him or no, and whether the gospel be his truth or no. Lo, how men would shake off God's yoke to the utmost of their power, by their shrinking aside, and by their starting holes and shifting. They make protestation with full mouth that their intent is to humble themselves under him, and yet they know not, neither can they discern which is his word. And why is that? Even because of their malice and unthankfulness. St. Paul, therefore, to bar all such trifling excuses, telleth us that inasmuch as God hath spoken by Moses and his prophets, and finally by his apostles, we ought to assure ourselves that all that ever is contained in the law and in the gospel is the truth itself, and that we ought not be afraid to be guiled or deceived. We shall hear many replies, for every man imagineth whatsoever cometh in his fancy, but God authorized his word sufficiently when he published his law. Again he gave sufficient authority to his prophets, and finally his gospel was ratified and sealed with miracles enough. Therefore it is not for us to say, we know not whether it be God's word or no, for it is in our mouth, it is near at hand to us, insomuch that God hath vouchsafed to feed us like little babes with it, by sending us mortal men to speak it to us face to face. So then let us learn first of all, not to soar in the air when the receiving of God's word cometh in question. Let us be contented that he hath given us sufficient record of his will by his prophets and apostles, and so shall we yield him obedience, though it hath pleased him to use such instruments of his Holy Spirit, for our faith cannot be without humility, and God taketh a trial thereof in making mortal men to be the means whereby he communicateth himself unto us. Take it therefore for a principle that it must not grieve us, though God appear not in visible shape, or though he send us not his angels from heaven, for it ought to suffice us that we know that the prophets and apostles are sufficient witnesses chosen and ordained to bring us the message of salvation. And by the way, St. Paul showeth that there is very good agreement between the law, the prophets, and the gospel. Indeed, we have seen heretofore that the use of the ceremonies is at an end, but yet for all that the substance of them continueth still. And when God caused the gospel to be preached openly to the world, it was not for that he was unconstant, nor for that he intended to teach men after a new and strange fashion, wherewith the law was nothing acquainted, for the law and the prophets bear witness continually to our Lord Jesus Christ. And thereby also are we put in mind to further ourselves by all the things that are contained in Moses and in the rest of the prophets. For nowadays there are some fantastical folk which think that for all doctrine we ought to have no more but the New Testament, and that all the rest is superfluous. It is true indeed that all perfection of wisdom is thoroughly contained in the gospel, but yet doth it not therefore follow that we ought not to be edified by the law and the prophets, for we see that the apostles themselves confirmed their doctrine by their testimonies. And here, when St. Paul saith that we must be builded upon their foundation, he showeth sufficiently that whatsoever things our Lord betook unto them in old time, is profitable for us at this day, and we must practice it, and put it in ewer. 
Likewise, St. Peter saith that they served not only for their time, but also for ours. True it is that they gave some taste of our Lord Jesus Christ and of the good things that are imparted to us by his means, but yet it is we that are come to the fullness of the time, as saith St. Paul in another place. And the same is also a verifying of St. Peter's saying, that is to wit, that the doctrine of the prophets pointeth at us, and we have more full fruition and greater fruit of it than they that heard it spoken. For we have so great a light in Jesus Christ that the things which were then dark are now manifestly open and known unto us. So then let us study the law and the prophets, knowing well that they lead us to our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the mark that is set before us, and whereat we level at this day, according as it is said that Jesus Christ is the end of the law, and also the pattern that Moses saw on the mountain. It is said that the law and the prophets bear witness of him, and even our Lord Jesus Christ himself upbraideth the Jews, telling them that forasmuch as they boasted of the law, they were so much the more blameworthy and less to be excused afore God, and their offence was so much the more heinous and unreasonable, because they rejected him to whom the law sendeth us, and to whom the law would hold us back. So then, hereupon we have to gather that, to profit well in the Holy Scripture, we must always resort to our Lord Jesus Christ, and cast our eyes upon him, without turning away thence at any time. You shall see a number of folk that martyr themselves exceedingly in reading the Holy Scriptures. They do nothing else but turn over the leaves of it, and yet at the end of half a score years they are as well seen in it as if they had never read line of it. And why? Because they do but rove up and down, and are not at any certain end, yea, and even in worldly learning, ye shall see a great sort that take pain enough, and yet all is to no purpose, because they keep neither order nor measure, nor do aught else than make a raking together on all sides. By means whereof they be ever new to seek, and can never bring anything to perfection, and although they have gathered together a number of sentences of all sorts, yet is there no hold at all in them. Even so is it with them that labour in reading the Holy Scripture, and know not which is the point that they ought to rest upon, namely, how it is our Lord Jesus Christ. For like as it is said that all our perfection is in the gospel, so on the other side it is said that our Lord Jesus Christ has given us to be the wisdom of God his Father, as saith Paul in the first to the Corinthians. And like as it is said of the law, this is the way, walk ye therein, so also it is said of our Lord Jesus Christ that he is the true way. Again, as it is said, Lord, thy word is a lantern to guide my steps by. So our Lord Jesus Christ saith, I am the light of the world. He that walketh in me cannot go amiss. We see then that all that ever is treated of in the Holy Scripture is now verified of our Lord Jesus Christ to show us how that he is the only thing that we have to take hold of. And in very deed it is not for naught that he is called the lively image of God his Father, for although there be nothing but light in God, yet shall we never be able to come to that light till our Lord Jesus Christ come down to lift us up thither, and give us entrance into the place that was shut fast against us afore. Ye see then that the thing which we have to gather upon the words of St. Paul is that the prophets and apostles were chosen and ordained to bring us to God by means of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is his very image, and therefore that the only thing whereon we must settle all our senses and minds is to be edified in the Holy Scripture. 
and on the contrary part also let us conclude that all such as give themselves to vain curiosities and will needs be wiser than god gives them leave to be must abide still in confusion and instead of going forward go more and more backward whereof we see many examples as i said afore and it standeth us on hand to profit ourselves by them for what is the cause of all the corruptions in the world what is the cause of the great number of errors, of the great abundance of ungodliness, and of the great store of superstitions which range everywhere, but that for men are tickled in their own foolish lusts and fleshly likings, and can never be contented with the simpleness of Jesus Christ, as is set down in the gospel? So much the more, therefore, ought we to bear well in mind the thing that is told us here, which is, that we must always set our Lord Jesus Christ before our eyes, and in our sight, if we purpose to have an infallible resting stock in the Holy Scripture, and to further ourselves in it. And here withal, we see also that we need not to seek here and there for God's word, for we be sent the prophets and the apostles, as if it were told us that they be our lines within the which we must keep us, and that our faith hath no leave to start out on the one side or on the other, but must be held bridled under the obedience of God's word, as it is contained in the Holy Scripture. Now had this text been well understood, surely the wretched world should not be in such disorder as we see it is. For what is the cause that men have devised so many ways of salvation, but for that they have not known the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, as it is showed us here? And in good sooth let a man look upon all the inventions of the papists, and he shall find that there is no end of their superstitiousness, and yet in the meanwhile they have as good as forgotten Jesus Christ, or rather buried him in such sort as they have no regard of him. And was it not a corrupting and falsifying of God's truth, when men knew not whereto it tended, nor to what end it was given, namely, how it was given to keep us holy to our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might cleave to him, and find rest to our souls, as he himself saith? Again on the other side, whereupon do the papists ground themselves at this day, even upon their counsels, upon their decrees, upon the things that men have invented of their own brain, and yet they would needs bear us on hand that all perfection is to be had there. For, as for the things that Jesus Christ and his apostles have taught, they be but entrances, say they. Yea, and they be not ashamed to say that those things are but as an ABC, and that Jesus Christ forbear to speak of the things that were more high and excellent, so as the Holy Scripture is but as a catechism for little children, and that to attain to the age of perfection we must have holy counsels, wherein God revealeth the mysteries that were unknown afore. Now seeing that the devil hath so utterly bewitched and blinded them, that they have laboured to thrust God's word under foot, to the end we should stray and wander here and there without any good direction, we have so much the more cause to bear in mind the thing that St. Paul telleth us here, which is that we must mislike whatsoever is added to the Holy Scripture, assuring ourselves that God hath given such charge to his prophets and apostles as he forgot not anything that was profitable or expedient for our salvation, and that if we desire to profit in his school, we must not put to any morsels or collops of our own, nor fall to borrowing of things here and there that are contrary to the pure doctrine, but must utterly mislike all such dealing, yea, and abhor all manner of patching, as leaven that soureth, and marreth the whole batch of dough, because God condemneth whatsoever men take upon them to add unto the law and the gospel, from the which we must not in any wise turn away, for it is not without cause said, This is the way, walk in it. 
and whereas Jesus Christ saith he is the way and the light of the world, it is to the end that we should abide in him without swerving aside in any wise, either to the right hand or to the left. Another thing which we have further to consider upon this text where God's doctrine is spoken of, and the prophets and apostles are named the messengers of it, is this, that we, knowing what their office is, should not consent to be taught by such as God never made privy of his will, and whom he disavoweth, when they go about to add any one syllable to the things which he will have to be noted and held without gainsaying. True it is that the church cannot endure without the daily preaching of the doctrine of the prophets and apostles in it, and that all they which are ordained to teach are called masons, carpenters, and builders of God's house. Therefore, in that they be builders of the church, they be all one with the prophets and apostles. Yet notwithstanding it followeth not, therefore, that they may take what they list of the law, or take liberty to preach their own inventions, but they must draw their matter out of the pure fountain that is offered us in the Holy Scripture, that we may be held continually to the simplicity of the law and the gospel, and not to be attainted with any wandering opinions instead of the obedience of faith, which contenteth itself with the means that God hath set. Again, whereas St. Paul saith that Jesus Christ is the fountain and the head cornerstone, it is not meant that it is lawful to mingle anything with Jesus Christ, as though he should but make some one piece of the building and the rest be supplied by others, but it serves to show that we must be builded upon him, according as St. Paul exhorteth us in the third chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, where he saith that no man can lay any other foundation than that which is laid already, that is to wit, than Jesus Christ. Hereby St. Paul doth us to understand that men cannot set forth anything whereon to ground and settle their salvation. There is, saith he, none other foundation but Jesus Christ. Again, we know his dominion extendeth everywhere, and therefore all of us, from the most to the least, must yield unto him, and not forsake the great number of benefits which he offereth us, and which we possess by his means. But yet shall we never understand how Jesus Christ is our only foundation, except we know to what end he was sent, according to the fore-alleged text, where St. Paul saith that he was given us to be our wisdom. And not only that, but also he addeth further that he was given us to be our righteousness, redemption, and holiness, as if he should say that Jesus Christ is our wisdom, whereunto we must wholly hold ourselves, because we may there see that he is the wellspring of all welfare, and hath in him whatsoever is requisite to our salvation." Then, if we once know to what end Jesus Christ was given, and the infinite benefits whereof he will make us partakers, we will forsake all other food, that is to say, all that ever man setteth afore us, shall be to us but as vanity, yea, and even as dung and filth, because we shall be fully satisfied with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now then, that we may conceive how he is the foundation of the church, and that we ought to be settled upon him, let us mark that it is because God hath revealed himself fully unto us by his only Son, and put all things into his hand which are requisite to our salvation, or worthy to be desired, to the end that we might draw of his fullness, as is said of him in the first chapter of St. John. And this, in effect, is the manner how we ought to put this text in Ewer, where it is said that our Lord Jesus Christ is in such wise the chief stone that he beareth up all the whole building in the corner, and we know that the greatest weight of the building lieth upon the corner. But by the way, let us mark also that St. Paul meant not to set Christ alone in a row by himself, and to couch other stones with him, that should have mastership and authority as well as he, but simply to show that there is no more diversity between the law and the gospel as touching the substance of them, but that our Lord Jesus Christ is the end of all, and that we be so joined and knit together by his means, 
that all of us are made the temple of God and belong by unity of faith to the spiritual building wherein God intendeth to dwell. Yet notwithstanding, if our faith rest not wholly upon our Lord Jesus Christ, it is certain that we cannot be builded upon this foundation. For whereas the papists invent patrons and advocates to get them favour at God's hand, and heap up a number of means to merit withal, it is all one, as if they made themselves strangers to Jesus Christ. Now whosoever turneth away from him, and it be but a finger-breath, must needs fall into destruction, for it is the property of a foundation to bear up the whole building. Now if the building be too wide, and overhang it, it must needs fall down. Even so goeth it with us, if we be not builded upon Jesus Christ, so as our faith be lined and levelled unto him, and we stick to him without adding of one thing or another, he must needs disavow us for any of his, and cast us quite away. And in good faith the papists and their like do well bewray their great unthankfulness by their wandering here and there, and by their adding of new means at their own pleasure. This wrong and outrage which they do to our Lord Jesus Christ deserve well that we should tumble them down and cut them quite off from God's church. Therefore, if we mind to enjoy the benefit that St. Paul setteth forth to us here, let us beware that our faith be so framed to the law and the gospel as to reject whatsoever things man shall have invented, assuring ourselves that it is the next way to draw us to destruction, and that we cannot be grounded upon Jesus Christ to stand fast upon him forever, unless we admit all the things that are spoken and witnessed of him in the law and the gospel, without making of it lawful for men to add anything at all to it. Ye see then, in effect, the thing which we be warned of in these words of St. Paul, is that we belong not to our Lord Jesus Christ, nor can be of God's church, except it be by following the pure doctrine of the law and the gospel, and by forsaking, as he would say, all the filth and abomination that men have devised by their own dreams and dotages, our fair colour of wisdom soever they be. For they will find store enough of fine peddlery to make folk believe that their adding of so many gewgaws is not without cause. But howsoever they fare, if we covet to be joined and united to Jesus Christ, we must so abide in him as to make none account of any other thing. And therewithal we see also that to be taken for God's children we must give our winds to true concord. For St. Paul setteth down both twain of them here, and in very deed they be things inseparable, that Christians be taught God's word purely, should with one heart and one mind receive the things that are so set forth unto them, and have brotherly concord among them to speak as it were with one mouth, and to make one pure and simple confession. Then, like as hitherto, we have seen that we must be builded upon God's pure word alone, so it is showed us here that we must not every of us be bent to his own opinion, but frame ourselves to the unity of faith, accordingly as St. Paul speaketh thereof in the third to the Philippians, saying, If ye intend to be perfect, aim ye all at one mark, and be ye knit truly together in one. For we know how ambition tickleth us continually, and every man would fain have somewhat by himself to set out his own estimation withal. For the very cause whereof came all the heresies that ever were, is this pride so deeply rooted in men's hearts that whereas all of us ought to be learners, every of us will needs be teachers. And in very deed, he that is to teach other folks must not set forth anything of his own, but purely impart unto them the things that he hath learned of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, because men are so froward that they covet always to know more than is lawful for them, 
therefore they misbehave themselves and every man would keep a school to make a show of himself but it is said here that instead of this dealing we must be knit together that we must speak all as it were with one mouth and confess that we have but one god and one father by showing ourselves to have no more masters but only jesus christ nevertheless it is true that such a concord would not be enough but i have told you already at what end we must begin that is to wit at the pure instruction which we receive of the prophets and apostles the papists brag too too much of their agreement and so may they do full well for the devil possesseth them in such wise that they be wholly sotted in it indeed there is jangling and jarring enough among them and they snatch one at another like cur-dogs when they be in their own synagogues but yet they stick together like burrs in the maintenance of all ungodliness we see their devilish madness and wilful stubbornness when they reason for the maintenance of their own lies against god's truth but st paul showeth us after what manner we ought to agree namely not in dreams and dotages nor in the things that men have put forth of their own store but in the doctrine of the prophets and apostles now seeing that the papists have banished the holy scripture and although they make countenance to receive it do nevertheless deface it yea and utterly falsify and corrupt it by their own inventions thereby we see they be far off from their reckoning in that they vaunt themselves with open mouth to be god's church for seeing they have not the doctrine of the prophets and apostles they have no mark of the church at all although men were ready to receive all things that are in the holy scripture even without gainsaying yet if they fall to mingling of their own fancies therewithal christianity is thereby already corrupted and confounded now they not only entangle god's truth with their own inventions but also utterly overthrow all insomuch that god's service is utterly corrupted by them poor souls are harried to and fro and our lord jesus christ is robbed so as they make but a fantastical conceit of him and attribute his offices to this man and that man as it were the dealing of some prey or booty forasmuch then as we see the papists so malapertly and madly turn god's word upside down after that fashion we may well conclude that although they boast themselves never so much to be the church yet god disavoweth them yea and utterly abhorreth them and that if a man get him not out of that den of thieves it is impossible for him to be joined to our lord jesus christ thus ye see that the thing which we have to bear in mind is that to be joined to god by means of his only son and to be companions with the angels of heaven and brethren of the patriarchs holy kings and prophets we must be banished out of the hellish synagogues that are in the popedom where it is apparent that antichrist reigneth and that jesus christ is utterly dispossessed of his right and sovereignty and verily we see their cursed presumption in that they have been so bold as to say that the sea of rome is the foundation of the church for they abuse these words of our lord jesus christ in the sixteenth chapter of st matthew thou art peter and upon this stone will i build my church now seeing that jesus christ saith that peter shall be builded upon himself that is to say upon jesus christ he meaneth not to resign his office either to him or to any other body but thereby it appeareth that among the papists there hath not been any reverence of the holy scripture nor any desire to be taught but that all was one to them so they might set up a tyranny to oppress the kingdom of our lord jesus christ and to make clean riddance of it if it were possible and they have made no conscience of manifest blasphemy insomuch that even little children ought to have spit in their faces considering the gross beastliness that is and hath been among them 
And herein also it is to be seen how the devil hath reigned in full darkness, that God's word was buried, yea, and utterly defaced, and the wretched world quiet and clean bereft of it for a time, notwithstanding that it was their ordinary food. So then let us abhor all those blasphemies, assuring ourselves that we cannot be grounded in but our Lord Jesus Christ, and that when we be once faithfully instructed in him, we need not to borrow elsewhere, because he hath brought us whatsoever is requisite for our salvation. And it is not meet that we should do him so great dishonour as to seek any supply one way or another, but that we should hold ourselves all wholly unto him. That therefore is the meaning of the things that St. Paul speaketh here. Thereupon he addeth that it behoveth us all to be builded and to grow into a spiritual building even to God and in the Spirit. First, whereas he saith that we must be builded, it is to stir us up so much the better to grow daily more and more in faith. He useth also the word grow, and he meaneth in effect two things. The one is that we must not think ourselves to be so perfect as need were that we should be, as some fantastical heads do, whom ye shall see so puffed up with overweening that they imagine themselves to be wise enough and disdain to look upon God's word, or to give ear unto it to be taught by it. But woe worth such pride, for we cannot be disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, but by knowing that it behoveth us to be grounded in him, and to profit in him all the time of our life. For God's word is of such height, breadth, and length, that if a man should forbear eating, drinking, and sleeping, and busy himself all wholly about that, yet should he never know all. So then, we ought to travel in it all our life long, knowing that God intendeth as now but only to set us in the way, and that we must go forward by little and little, and be held continually in humbleness and modesty. Again, St. Paul showeth us that to be settled in our Lord Jesus Christ, and to be furthered in all the good things that are given us by him, we must have his word, that we may be builded upon it, and grow upon it more and more, and that to bring the same to pass we must be teachable, and from day to day labour to seek new help there to strengthen our faith withal, which shall never be perfect in this world, as we find sufficiently by experience. Thus you see what St. Paul meant by that which he saith here concerning our growing and going forward in the said building, Howbeit unto the Lord, saith he, showing thereby that to have a goodly show is not all that is required at our hands, but that the chief point is that God like well of us, and that we be wholly given unto him, so as he have place and room in us, and dwell in us as in his temple. For the papists will make a far greater show than we on the one side, they have great multitudes wherewith they be puffed up to the uttermost, and thereupon they despise us, because we be but a handful of men in comparison of them. What, say they, doth not Christendom extend through all Europe, Greece, and Africa? And yet see how these rascals that have neither authority nor credit, nor anything else in them, will needs be counted the church. Ye see then that the papists shake us off with devilish pride and malapertness, because they have on their side great pomp and all manner of riches, insomuch that if a man go into their temples, he is ravished at them, as if he were in an earthly paradise. But all is not gold that glistereth, and although their pomp be able to blare the eyes of poor ignorant souls, whom we see to be carried away indeed with such things, yet are they all no better but abomination before God. And so St. Paul showeth us that we must not spite the papists, though they be very many in number, and greatly multiplied, for they be but a head without a body, or rather, but a bombasted and counterfeit body. To be short, that which the papists term their church is a very monster, for it hath no head, because Jesus Christ hath not preeminence over it, no, nor any part or portion in it, 
To the end, therefore, that we might know how we should grow, it is said unto us that we must grow unto the Lord and in spirit, saith St. Paul. Here he draweth us back from all worldly superstitions, doing us to understand that they be but pelting trash, yea, and very dung before God who abhorreth them. Therefore we must grow in spirit, and verily we see that the shadows of the law ceased immediately as soon as we had the accomplishment and substance of the body, that is to wit, our Lord Jesus Christ. And now that he has come, we must not gaze any longer upon those figures. Since it is so, we ought much rather to give over the things that men bring in. How high and excellent soever they be, let us cast them from us as filthiness, and hold ourselves content with this, that our Lord Jesus Christ will have us to build in him after a spiritual manner. And so ye see how his doctrine ought to be sweet and amiable to us, yea, and to ravish us all wholly in love with it, so as we may give up the world with a free heart and give ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. But on the other side also let us beware that the judgment which he threateneth unto such as cast aside this stone light not upon our heads, according to this saying, Behold, I lay a precious stone in Zion. Seeing then that Jesus Christ is given us to be our foundation, we have there a precious stone whereupon, if we be builded, we may be sure of our salvation. And we need not be afraid that he is not strong enough to uphold us, so as he will never fail us. But if we fall to justling against the stone, it is certain that we shall not be able to stand against it, but we shall sink down underneath it, and in the end it shall bruise us and beat us all to pieces. Therefore let us take heed that our Lord Jesus Christ turn not into a stone to stumble at, after the manner of the world which nowadays maliceth him, insomuch that every man sets up his bristles proudly and rebelliously to come rushing against him, but let us bethink ourselves well, and be meekly disposed to yield our service to him, that he may maintain us unto the end. And although we see Jesus Christ to be rejected of the world, and it may seem strange unto us that men should fight so against him, and that he should be as a white to shoot at, Yet let us not cease to take him still for a precious stone, as St. Peter counselleth us in the second chapter of his first epistle. Ye see then, that when we hear these promises which St. Paul telleth us of, we ought on the one side to be drawn to our Lord Jesus Christ, to give ourselves wholly unto him, and to forget all the things that seem most excellent in the world, and on the other side to beware that our unthankfulness be not punished for disdaining to receive him as a precious stone, since that God telleth us, that all our welfare lieth in this, that is to wit, that we be his temple, and that he be called upon at our hands. Therefore let us profit ourselves by so great and inestimable a benefit, and let us still grow and increase therein more and more, until we come to the heavenly heritage, where we shall have full fruition of all the good things which he maketh us to feel as yet but by faith. And now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgment of our sins, praying him to vouchsafe to wipe out the remembrance of them, so as they may not come to account before him, and that therewithal he so correct us, as we may cleave fully unto him, and he so bear with our infirmities, as we may not cease to resort unto him freely at all times, though we be not worthy of it. And so let us all say, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, etc. End of Sermon 15